And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. What if a nursing college cared for its students the same way nurses cared for their patients? What if the focus was on keeping students in, not weeding them out? What would happen? Something extraordinary. Join us, and together we can make a difference. Chamberlain University College of Nursing. Extraordinary care, extraordinary nurses. Attend an open house at Chamberlain's Jacksonville campus February 6th, anytime between 3.30 and 5.30 p.m. Register now at chamberlain.edu. Welcome to the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast. This is the Career Builder 2018 from La Quinta, California. The podcast is presented by 18 Birdies, the most complete golf app today. It's available for iPhone and Android. Check it out. Let's get to it. What's up, golf addicts? This is an epic podcast. Listen. We have rants about the Golf Channel and their coverage and their labor union strike. We've got a voicemail from a caddy who was on the grounds at the Sony Open when the fake Hawaiian missile strike was coming out. We've got some hot takes. We've got some picks for your career builder challenge. We got some low, like some scrub picks that you're gonna want to know about. We got we got a way for you to win a trip to Augusta. Come see us, hang out with us for a day at the Masters during a tournament round. We got details on that. We got a preview of a George Bryan podcast where he rips Pat Perry's golf swing to absolute shreds. We got our one and done picks. This thing is full, full of goodness. And if you want to be full of app on your phone goodness, you need to download the 18 Birdies app. It has half a million downloads, okay? And why are you not one of those half a million people? That's more downloads than the PGA Tour app and the Masters app. It's the most complete golf app around. We love the guys at 18 Birdies. Check it out. We're on the feed there, and we're verified, which means you're subjected to us whether you want to be or not. We are shown to everyone. So there you go. You just got to do that. Hope you guys have a great week for the Career Builder. We had a great time on this podcast. This is a fun one. This is this is a good one. So stick around. And as always, may your screens be green. Here you go. What's up, golf addicts? Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast. We're back. We're in California. I am feeling good about this episode. Pat. I think it's going to be a good one. We got some good stuff planned. We're out of Hawaii. We're into California. West Coast Swing, Career Builder 2018. That's what we're here to talk about. But before we do, there are so many things to talk about in this past week as it pertains to golf, the Sony Open, a few other little things, and uh, they're going to be funny. So for all you people who tweet us every week and you're like, I like the podcast, but it takes a while for you to get to your freaking picks. For all you people that do that, Hey, listen, we still love you, even though I just made fun of you. We still love you, but we don't want it to be all about freaking picks, right? We love golf. We love the PGA Tour. So we're going to talk about observations. We're going to talk about some headlines from the tour, crappy golf channel coverage, 
uh, missile strikes. Like, you think we're really going to go a podcast and not talk about this? So here we are. It is what it is. Deal with it. Okay? Deal with it. Pat, how you feeling, man? I'm feeling really good. Um, I like how you started off sort of just in a singing type mode. Like, I mean, that, that gets me fired up. You know, I'm ready to go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And what a week. It's just, I mean, just what a crazy, a week. crazy week. One of the oh. crazier weeks I can ever remember on tour when it comes to all the different just stuff that happened. It was unbelievable. It, it was unbelievable. You know, it started off with, uh, you know, it started off with our beloved Bulldogs oh. falling. Oh. We got to start with that. <sighs> on Monday night. I mean, people, you know, it. We don't have to talk about. It. I don't want to talk about it long, but it started off there. Then the Falcons, you know, and it's just it just is what it is. Being a being a, a Georgia sports fan, this is how this is how things go. This but is, you had a great time. Yeah, oh, man, it was it was an incredible atmosphere. Got to give a shout out to, to a, Ben to Ben Little, a friend yeah. of the podcast, who who hooked us who hooked me up with a ticket. And um, man, it was just it was so great being there, but. All the way up until the end. But the game was fun. Everything was fun about it. Mercedes-Benz Stadium is just unreal. I mean, the place is just its crazy. Getting into Mercedes-Benz Stadium was the worst experience of my life. As a matter of fact, I think I called you in a crazed... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let this one go down. This is, this is what Pat does. He calls me on... Um, he, he calls me on Monday night. He's trying to get into the stadium. The, I think the game kicked off at like 8.15. It's like 6.45, 7. Yeah. And Pat calls me. All I hear is a lot of noise in the background. And I hear Pat. I said, hello? Hey! Hey! I don't know if you can hear me, but go on Twitter. Go on Twitter <laughs> and tweet about people not getting into the stadium. And I'm like, what? What are you talking I don't know if you can hear me. If you can hear me, go on Twitter and tag college football and championship stuff and complain about the show that is happening to get into the stadium. People are going to riot. And then you just hung up. I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's about to go. It's about to go down. So I, <laughs> let me say, you did that exactly how I imagined that conversation <laughs> went. Uh, it is exactly how it went down. I'm telling you, I was there. I remember. I lived it. I was I, not. I was not inebriated at the point. Well, I, let me tell you something because they were sell. <laughs> there were some people selling beers in the line, selling mini bottles. No way, really? Yeah, That's mini nice. bottles, three for ten. <laughs> were um, these vendors or were these people? No, just people. Just people. <laughs> yes. Um, I bought a beer for ten dollars, and I did not. That is beer. capitalism at its finest. Yeah, that I, is that is king right. That's capitalism. It was raining, cold, and here's the thing. Here's the most important. You said I, what was it like six forty five when I called you? Yeah, seven ish. I was going up the escalator towards my seat when the national anthem was being played at about oh. eight fifteen. That's how long it took oh. me to get into that stadium. It was awful. That's terrible. That's terrible. Well, other than that, it was a good time. Mm. Definitely. Definitely. Um. Anyway. <laughs> so, 
Other than that, you had you know a few little things um, happened last week. Um, the biggest, well, there's a couple of really big stories. I think the first one is the missile strike scare on Friday <laughs> was unreal. Okay, if if you don't know, then you clearly are not paying attention. But um, on Friday, everyone in Honolulu and maybe the whole the whole Hawaiian islands I don't know but I'm pretty sure everyone in and around Honolulu got sent a real warning like from the government like like an amber alert kind of warning the the one that like will overtake the vibrate feature on your phone yeah it totally like overtakes your phone wake you your up yeah yeah and was, and basically it was saying like missile strike in missile strike incoming into Hawaii Take cover, blah blah blah. This is not a drill. <laughs> this was is probably not a drill. the most important okay. part of that. Okay, my bad. <laughs> Left out minor detail. And and so this happens like I think as like right before maybe the first couple groups were teeing off, um, something like that. I mean, it, it was right before action started on Friday, and man, there were stories coming in from all over the place about what players chose to do, and you know, people in in basements of hotels, people in bathtubs with mattresses over their head with their families, people getting in the car and like driving further away from the anticipated strike area, people doing all kind of stuff. It was just not. I mean, it was crazy, and it turns out to be like a false alarm. And so I don't know who gets fired for that or who gets reprimanded for that, but it was crunk. And I can't imagine being a player and having to go play golf after that. In fact, some of them I, I think it truly affected. I, um, I totally It was agree. nuts. But it it, was nuts. another part of that is why did it take so long for another alert to go out saying that it was it was a false alarm? <laughs> like it took yeah, like, like it took 40, 40 minutes. Min- it was 40 minutes. So yeah. like, I mean, I guess our military was like, hmm. Well, I didn't hit the button. Did you hit the button for? Uh, well, nope. Uh, is there okay. perhaps well, phone, a, is, phone down to the Navy and see if they did? Is there did perhaps we a po- missile attack that we don't know about? <laughs> did we Pony Express from one branch of the military to another to verify that nobody did this? Like, it's 2018, and we can't determine quick like if there's a missile in the air headed towards a certain location. It's a little, it's a little, little unsettling. Yeah, and that's a great question. And I don't believe for one minute this guy made a mistake. He did this on purpose. <laughs> well, we really wanted to get some perspective on what it was like. So um, we actually got a voicemail that we want to play for you guys from a friend of the podcast. He's been on the podcast before. In fact, he was on last year in t- 2017. He is a favorite caddy of ours. It's Kip Henley. Dude's hilarious. He's from Tennessee, so we're going to talk about that in a minute. So if you can't understand him, we apologize. But he is Austin Cook's caddy on the PGA Tour. Austin Cook, former winner at the RSM, he was in Hawaii when all that went down, and he left a he left us a, a like you know like a two minute voicemail describing what it was like and what he did. Uh, in his own words, it was pretty funny. We thought you guys would be interested in hearing this, so uh, check this out. Voicemail from Kip Henley. Yeah, this is uh, Kip Henley, Austin Cook's caddy, and I had a front row seat to what would have been the incineration of Honolulu, Hawaii, uh, if that's where. Kim Jong would have sent that missile. Um, I Airbnb that week, this past week, on a house that's set probably two miles from downtown, looking directly into downtown and 
while I lay a golf course. It's about three-fourths up one of those beautiful mountains that are just littered with houses. Uh, I got up that early that morning to take my daughter and her boyfriend to the airport and had got back to the house, had fallen asleep, and was woken by that uh, text. And, to, to, you know, I'm usually a pretty calm guy in situations like that, but I'll tell you, it scared me a little. I mean, I didn't run around like a crazy person, but and I thought, well, if it hits, I'm a dead man, but I want to see it hit. So I just walked out onto the porch right there, the lanai, as they call it, and uh, just stared at the horizon over Honolulu, trying to see if that bomb was coming in or if there would be fighter jets trying to intercept it or what was going to happen. I figured if I wanted, to, if I'm going to die, I'm going to watch him look him in the eye when he kills me. So that's about it. I mean, the uh, they didn't correct it for about 40 minutes. So I'm sitting there. I'm on the uh, phone with my wife. I'm FaceTiming with my wife and my other daughter. And my and that other daughter, Darby, that I just took to the airport, couldn't have been in the sky two minutes because she texted me, "We're about to take off, Dad." And that alarm came. Uh, just right after that. So that was comforting to know that I was going to be the only one to get gone. But I heard a lot of stories. I heard tour players getting in their car and driving east, you know, away from the west where that bomb was coming from. I heard of another tour player, I won't say names, that was actually in the bathtub with his wife and his babies and a, and the hotel mattress over them in the bathtub. It was, it was quite a frightening thing, to tell you the truth. So that's my take on it. So. Peace and love and birdies. Peace. <laughs> oh, old Kipper. Yeah, but um, only he could put it that way. I think only he could. Now, there's a couple things that are that are that are kind of funny in this. Um, number one, the Google translation of this. There's parts that are funny. If you caught in the very beginning, he says, you know, uh, old Kim Jong sent that missile. Or you know, <laughs> it, it, it translates on Google as. Uh, if that's where John Wood sent that medal, <laughs> which did John? I feel like John Wood was a golfer. Maybe I'm John Cook is maybe I'm thinking John that's Cook. Yes, yeah. Um, you know, I, I love. Um, I mean, but but scary. Clearly scary. Like just dropped his daughter there and and uh, off at the airport, and like he's wondering if she's getting up in the air or not. Um, you know, he he said he's kind of calm in situations like that, but it, it flustered him. It woke him up. That alert woke him up. Um, pretty crazy. I, I I love the the Google voicemail that translates. So I just walked out there on the porch, uh, uh, right right there at the alumni as they call it, and just stared at the Verizon over Honolulu. <laughs> That's how Google translates. The Verizon. <laughs> Uh, I wish everybody could see when missile. we get these messages, these Google yeah. translations, because they're pretty. pretty um, but I, Kip kills me, man. That dude's hilarious. He's basically like, if they're gonna kill me, I'm gonna look him in the eye while they do it. <laughs> he just he just walks outside and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stare this thing down and watch it blow me up, you know, or or watch us intercept it, you know, which is pretty cool. Um, this is very funny too. He says they didn't correct it. This is how Google translated it. Okay, so you just heard the real thing. This is how Google translated it. They didn't correct it for about forty minutes. So I'm sitting there. I'm on the phone with my wife. I'm fat FaceTiming with my wife <laughs> <laughs> and my other daughter. <laughs> He's fat FaceTiming. Um, <laughs> so it was. Uh, 
I mean, I can't imagine. That's just got to be pretty, pretty crazy. It was a, a, it, it was not a slow news week for the Sony Open. No. They, the Sony Open, we may look back at 2018 and think, oh man, you know, because come like, come the end of the season, you know, whether you want to call that at the end of the tour championship or you want to call that December after the fall swings, we're going to look back and go, oh man, so much drama, man, at the Masters. You remember that? That was great. And, and then, uh, man, that 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 um, British Open where Brendan Grace didn't win again, and there was all this other drama. <laughs> we're to we're gonna look back, and then somebody is gonna need to remind us, hey, don't forget about the week at the Sony, and we're gonna go, huh, huh, Sony? Oh yeah, missile strikes, labor union strikes. There was all kind of strikes going on. Yeah. At, at, <laughs> for I mean, the Sony, there wasn't a only six one hole playoff. A six hole playoff. With with basically blimp coverage was the was the other big storyline of the week. The Golf Channel labor union uh, contractors, I guess these 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 uh, men and women who um, you know carry these big freaking pieces of equipment around every week on the PGA Tour decided you guys aren't taking care of us deuces and they peaced out um, and it was garbage for the rest of the, of the week as far as coverage goes. Well. Not necessarily the rest of the week, just that just that day on Sunday. But I, you know, here's the take I have actually. Now the coverage was terrible, yes, but you got to give the folks whoever got it together to at least show some golf, especially for the Sony. You got to give them a little bit of a credit because you know they did they did do a decent job. It was kind of funny just watching golf from a blimp. There's also like hardly any sound. Um, they were oh, there re- was zero sound. Yeah, they there were relaying sound, it back which was to, the weirdest thing to the people in Orlando <laughs> to do the commentary because nobody they couldn't get any of the commentators. You know, nothing was they just they didn't have the the, the ability to to do what they normally do. Okay, it, and 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 the people in Orlando, I, I'm pretty sure, were like on their couch with one of these. <laughs> Comrex units that I use for my XM show because I could hear freaking dishes slamming in the background, yeah. but I couldn't hear Pat and Kazire and his caddy talking during six holes of a playoff. It, it was it, it was just a total horrible. Yeah, it was so. Well, and they and they they came on air. The first statements out of their like the very first statement out of their mouth was basically that this happened. And, you know, they basically started showing us this very limited coverage, only a few holes, only a few groups, which is not much different than what they normally do. But I tell you, man, it was really bad. It was really, really bad. And I know people are talking about, you know, bring in some scabs and replace them. Maybe there's people out there like that. But it does make you appreciate how good these people are, like tracking golf shots in the air and, you know, giving us what we want to see. But... Yeah, I don't think you're going to just find a guy that can track a ball with a camera. It's not that's not going to be that easy. I, I will say this: from what I've heard, this is this is something that's been like eight months in the making. That the Golf Channel had eight months, you know, to work out a deal or to do whatever, and it did not. It never happened, and so that's what sort of resulted in the uh, well in the, in the strike. So you, you give it, you give somebody eight months, you'd think they'd be able to work something out, but apparently that didn't happen. Um, but it'll Listen, be you're, you're going to get far more educated takes on this than than here at the Tour Junkies podcast. But <laughs> it, all I know is, and I put up what I thought was a funny tweet from 300 
the career builder, you know, <laughs> as soon as word broke out that these camera people just just dipped, they're calling up the Golf Channel going, I don't care what you have to do or who, but you better figure this out come Thursday. I mean, the sponsorship dollars, all the TV stuff that happens for this, I cannot imagine the pressure and just the logistical nightmare that is going to happen between right now and, and, and the first tee shot on Thursday. It's going to be nuts, and the Golf Channel better freaking figure it out. If they don't for Career Builder next week when Tiger comes back, it, 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 I'm sure it will be, fil- I'm uh, sure yeah, it will be figured, figured out by then. But there, there's clearly an issue because, right, like, you know, ESPN has had all the layoffs that they've had. We've not hear, heard about near that as far as the Golf Channel goes. But, you know, sports media consumption is very different now than it likely was when a lot of these contracts were put up. I know the PJ Tour has a contract with the Golf Channel through, like, 2021 or 2022. And a lot of people are saying, hey, you don't have to renew that. Just because they say we're the Golf Channel and we show golf, if they suck, the PGA Tour should do their own thing. And like, or do something different because, I mean, we talk about it, you know, we've talked about it, especially in the last few weeks on Twitter, the golf channel coverage when they have, when they don't have a labor union strike is garbage. They don't show enough players. They don't show enough shots. It's BS. It's, it's sponsor BS. It's Dottie Pepper in front of some freaking rolling digital touch screen showing us some useless stat that we don't care about. <laughs> It's the same freaking players all the time. I remember last year I went on this huge rant about watching Jason Day eat a sandwich on the driving range for six minutes. We don't get, you know, and that, not to mention the fact that you don't even get coverage until freaking four hours into the event starting, right? And then when you, and, and then before they start the coverage, they got to show you an hour worth of Golf Central pregame just crap to get you geared up for it from two mouth-breathing blowhards that want to you know, pontificate about what Jason Day is going to be eating on the driving range today or who's going to go low or whatever. Nobody freaking cares. Like To me, if there is live golf happening on the planet live, then show the golf. You are the golf channel. The golf channel. Not the instruction channel. Not the freaking training aid channel you know you just show golf it gets me so fired up i hate it and i'm sorry women's golf is a growing sport there's some really good women that play professional golf senior tour is hot bernard longer is about as dominant as anybody could be at a sport right now you got Freddie Couples on the tour. You got John Daly on the senior. There's some great players on the senior tour. But if the European tour or the PGA tour are having an event and the top you know, players on the planet are playing golf somewhere, then show it. If they're not, show the Diamond Resorts Invitational or show you know, what the, the Evian Challenge or whatever it is. But if that, if, if that is happening... Give us just that, and your problems are almost solved. Then fix your crappy coverage. That's my rant. That's my- <laughs> well, you know, I, I definitely agree. And here's the thing. You know, they have all these personalities on Golf Channel, and it's like they try to do these pregame shows like, like you see in, like, the NFL or something. Oh, or, like, or, like, college so football game day. But can you imagine if 
let's just say for a, a you know not even a playoff game, just a normal like Sunday NFL day of football. They got all the pregame shows. That's great. But then it comes to one o'clock. And they still are just going to say, you know, sit, they're going to have these, these four guys sitting up there and they're just going to be talking about it. And they're going to be like, oh, man, you know, the Patriots <laughs> just scored. Uh, well, that was a we're fantastic check play. In. But we're we're going to check in on what just happened. We'll go Patriots check in game. on what just happened. I know. That's not what they do. They're freaking showing live NFL. There is college football. They're showing live. Like, why does Golf Channel, I don't even understand how they even sit there. Okay. Well, we're just going to see. Here's, here's Jordan Spieth's scorecard. On the first five holes that he's played that we're not going to show you, but he's but, had three birdies in a row and hit one of the most fantastic shots you've ever seen in your life. Oh, and here's a highlight because newsflash, even though we're not really showing you the coverage, we've got cameras on the course in case something happens. We've got cameras on every hole. <laughs> but but no, no, we're gonna let you we're gonna let you listen to Aaron Oberholzer for another hour and jab your eyeballs with a ballpoint pin while Jordan Spieth is on the golf course playing live golf. Like, <laughs> freaking A. It pisses me off just thinking about it. I, we got, you know, some of the DFS talking heads got on Twitter the other day or Sunday night and talking about, like, what, what would the world be like if they let people who love golf passionately, who know these players inside and out, follow them inside and out. You know, maybe we didn't play professional golf. Maybe we, we don't know what it's like to be in the hunt. But cuss word, we would be entertaining. And people were throwing out the idea of, like, Pat Mayo and, and, and Feinberg and, and uh, like, being on the show and, and like, us being – I would – that would be amazing. It doesn't have to be us. I'm just saying it would be amazing if they had some people with some personality, with some life. You know, I always think, like, David Faraday, Gary McCord, they are great on the ground. But put them in the booth and let me listen to them all day. I could listen to those two nut jobs give me funny sayings and, like, hilarious stories about golf all day long. All day long. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, <sighs> sigh. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's got to get better. It's it just has to get better. Um, but it it will be interesting to see how sports media in general, but it, it, more specifically, golf coverage evolves through the next few years. Because if they don't, you know, I thought about this Sunday. Like the Golf Channel was was a was an idea and a found and founded by Arnold Palmer. Like people forget that the Golf Channel was Arnold Palmer's thing. Like he's got to be freaking out. What? He's rolling over in his. Arnie's up there yesterday. Yeah, uh, yeah, y- y- yesterday, and he's like, "What the? They're showing a blimp shot, and I got no volume on a six-hole playoff." <laughs> <laughs> and the sad thing was, I had so much Pat and Kazire in my DFS lineups that I needed to save my week. I couldn't stop watching it, and I wanted to stop watching it. I had zero James Hahn. Didn't see that one coming. Sorry, America. But had it been like James Hahn and freaking, you know, uh, somebody, you know, Taylor Gooch, who I didn't have either, like I would have turned off the TV no issue. But I I needed Patton to win that thing so bad. And and Patton's been on the podcast before. He's a friend of the podcast. We love Patton. We wanted him to win. Had that not happened, I'd have gone to bed. But I was forced to watch the six holes. And it was ridiculous. I literally it was a felt good like I was, thing. It was a good watching thing. it by myself in a library. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was ridiculous for me. It was. A, it was a great thing, you know. In, in my uh, my real work job, being a, a banker, we we had the, uh, the the MLK Day holiday, which was nice. So, yeah. <sighs> 
All right, that's enough of that. That's enough. But of you that. know, we should. Here's the thing, though, with with Pat and Kazire, and then I gotta at least give you props for the Tom Hoagie call. Oh yes, go ahead. Pour that on. I mean, that Pour was it on. That was just kind of a you know. So last week's pod was a little different because we did it on Sunday. We didn't have pricing. Uh, because I was going up to the, or you know, we had the national championship game on Monday night and everything. But but you did throw out some Tom Hoagie, and I thought that was uh, I don't even know I can't even remember if I even gave you any crap for it. But I thought it was you know it turned out to be a great call. I need to give myself some props for Pat and Kazire. And now here's the thing: if you are a Roto Grinder subscriber, you have got to get in the chat room because. We'll do that on usually Wednesday night. In this case, it was on Thursday morning before lineup lock. But we'll go in and chat. No questions came in on Pat and Kazire for me, but I made a point to say, do not sleep on Pat and Kazire. I know he doesn't have the greatest course history, but the guy's a scorer. He's obviously been in good recent form. I would not overlook him this week, and then look what happened. So the chat room... On Wednesday night, yeah, can be a pretty good uh, source for because you know we have we've had a little bit of time. I mean, this is Monday, as we always said. We you know we learn a little bit some during the week as far as ownership and other things. So, um, always jump in that Roto Grinders chat room. It's it's good stuff, and we have a lot of fun too. We do have a lot of fun. Yeah, we we both had plenty of Patton. I mean, he he was a great um, great play. He's in tremendous form. And you know, l- let me let me speak to that too. And this is important. If you're playing DFS and, and you just want us to get to our picks, you need to pay attention to this. There is something about the the more we we like actually have a relationship with some of these you know guys who've been on the podcast and tour pros. There is something about a guy winning for the first time and then winning for the second time. You know. There is so little that separates a guy who, you know, can't keep his card on tour and a guy who can who can, you know, keep his card for the next five years and be a top hundred player in the world. There there's really not that big of a difference when you talk to these guys. The talent is there, the skill set is there. So much of it is confidence. So much of it is confidence. Patton Kazire dominated on the Web.com Tour in 2015. He won the Order of Merit. He was the top player on the Web.com Tour in 2015. He comes out in 2016. He does enough to keep his card, but he didn't flash. You know, like some of these guys aren't going to right off the bat. They're they're just not going to. But he wins in the he wins at the RSM, a place he's comfortable, and then bang, he wins again here at Wiley. Like there is something about when these guys catch fire and they get confidence. And I think the same thing is going to be true of a guy like Tom Hoagie. When these guys come so close and they're in the final group and they've never been in a final group before. In fact, we confirmed that with a, with a family member of Tom. He's never been in a final group on a Sunday. You know, When these guys go through an experience like that, it, it, is, it is incredibly valuable and critical to them closing the door the next time. And, you know, in Patton's scenario, when a guy like him or a guy like Austin Cook or, you know, somebody like that wins for the first time on the PGA Tour and they think to themselves, like, dude, I can do this. Like, I don't hit the ball 400 yards, but I can win out here and I can compete. That confidence goes a long, long, long way. And I think that's a, that's it's important when you're picking DFS players. And I think some of that you can see, too, on the broadcast. you got to watch golf. You know, I, I talked about how much I hated watching that playoff, but here's what I picked up off of that playoff. Patton Kazire is a clutch freaking putter. He is. The putts he made to close out that playoff and to keep that playoff going a couple times when Han had it 
I mean, Han had it a couple times. Han was not a clutch putter. <laughs> Han was not. He but but he but T to green Han was pretty freaking clutch. Yeah. And Patton had a few putts that not a lot of guys would have been able to close out and do. And had he not, you know, you know that guy won the RSM back in the fall against Ricky Fowler when they had suspended play. He played thirty six holes paired up with Ricky Fowler on Sunday and won by a shot. You, you, you know he he, he didn't win cl- the RSM. He won the OHL. Not the RSM. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yes, but um. Either way, <laughs> you got You got to be, you know, you got to be tested for that kind of stuff. And Patton showed it, and he proved it. And I'm just telling you, when something like that happens for a guy like that with that much talent, who's been really good at every level, like Patton has, you know, high level SEC, you know, All American collegiate career, you know, then Web.com Player of the Year, now a two time winner on tour. I'm just telling you right now. Guys like that, you got to pay attention to. And if you watch, if you watch golf, and don't just read articles, and don't just dig into stats and all that stuff. But if you watch golf, you see that stuff. You can see it right in front of your eyes. Like I could not the 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 poise and the confidence he had on those six holes was visible, even though he couldn't hear a freaking thing. And I could see it from the blimp. Is all I'm saying. Well, and and as we've talked about before with Patton, I mean the guy is a freaking score. So even just from a DraftKings standpoint. Yeah, I mean he's he's gonna score you some points, and I don't know. I love. I think he. I, I think we're gonna see big things, especially like you said. I mean, he's already now won twice here in the last few yeah. months. So, um, and last year, really up until the fall, was sort of disappointing for him. Yeah, yeah, you're right. All right, let's move on. We got a lot, a lot, a lot to cover. Um, I want to play you a quick sample of some audio here. If you, if you're listening right now, I want to play some audio from an interview we just did with George Bryan of the Bryan Bros. His brother is Wesley Bryan. Speaking of first-time winners on the PGA Tour, Wesley just uh, became a first-time winner and was also the Web.com Order of Merit um, guy Why in do 2016. You keep Order of Merit. That's you what they that call it. It's the money leaders. Nope, they call it Order, order of Merit. Order of Merit is like a European tour term. Okay, I don't know what to tell you. Then go look it up because they say it. Are you, they call it the Order of Merit? Yes, go look it up. Anyway, I'll look it up later, but I don't, here's, I don't believe here's, it. Here's some audio from the podcast. It is quite hilarious. Very funny two minutes here. It's just two minutes. Give you a little preview of what we had George Bryan talking about. And in this particular excerpt, he is going to roast Pat's golf swing and he does not disappoint. Why are you screaming about golf? Golf is not that aggressive. Why do I hear the golf? Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Is that live? <laughs> I can hear you. My, my wife is mad. Show. My wife is screaming at me right now because I'm yelling about golf. Because, because of the golf channel the rant? loudest golfer talk person. <laughs> <laughs> the loudest golfer talk person. <laughs> it's a golf channel, man. It brings out just brings out aggressive talk. Babe. No, it's because you have two headphones in. You're supposed to only do it with one. You are literally so loud. I've never done it with one earbud in, babe. Never. It's always been like this. But here's the thing. We just had the most dramatic week of golf in the history of golf. There was a missile strike warning on Honolulu. And... Golf Channel had camera people walk out. I, I get it. Great. <laughs> so I have passionate opinions. Thinking that someone is breaking in our home <laughs> because you are so freaking loud. 
Miss Domination, everyone. She can't. She can't run from the spotlight. She cannot run from the spotlight. Okay. <laughs> now, I, now I would like to cut to the clip of George Bryan. Can I do that? Can you whisper? No, I cannot Just whisper. <laughs> okay. Now I will cut to the clip of George Bryan making fun of Pat's golf swing. Love you, babe. Here you go. Well, George, it's it's not a trick shot, but I sent you a video earlier today. Yes. Um, and I asked you to take a look at it. It, it. it looks like it could be a trick shot, but it's not. It's actually a video of Pat's uh, real golf swing. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Um, and and now, now it's a beautiful golf course. Uh, I believe it's Sage Valley. We got a chance to play Sage Valley. Um, with Will Wilcox last year, and I took a I took a nice down the line video of Pat. And Why I thought you put maybe, this on the group text, David. Well, I just you know I know you're busy with your real job. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And uh, so anyway, George, I was just going to see if you could take a look at that for us and uh, give us some some opinion. So like right now, live on the podcast, we're going to have George pull up the video, and he's going to just take a look at Pat's golf swing and give us a little feedback. Yeah, so honestly, from the get-go, just by a setup, you know things are going to go pretty wrong, right? I mean, just, <laughs> just you know just something's not going to go right here. Yeah. Um, but then we, then we take it back. We take it back to the inside, but whatever, that can change. It gets to a decent position at the top, and then that's, that's where it just kind of goes wrong. Like, just, yeah. I haven't seen something that over the top in a long time, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, my, uh, my old coach growing up, we used to – we had this guy that he that taught, and he actually made him quick off because of how mean he was. But he said, uh, "Your swing has more planes than the Columbia Metropolitan Airport," and that's kind of what I'm thinking right now with watching this plane. <laughs> um, and then, oh yeah, another thing you notice: a lot of people get rocked back or lift their heels when they're taking it back. But somehow, oh yeah, seen that a lot. Lift, seen that. Lift, he lifts his toes, which I've honestly <laughs> never seen. Like he lifts his both toes come off the ground. By the top of the back swing. <laughs> and then actually somehow makes contact with it. It looks like it flies pretty straight. So all in all, as bad yeah. as the swing looks, it looks like it might actually work. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the finish is decent, though, right? Yeah, I mean, no, it's like no, a decent finish. This is actually perfect. Like, weight perfectly. I mean, just I mean, mm. perfect balance. Like, I want that finish when I'm finishing, but I don't want all the other parts. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I I can't really argue with you here, but and and, and it's kind of sad because I you know I grew up. I mean, I had I grew up basically with a golf club in my hand. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. and honestly, what I've come to learn is my swing's always been pretty. It's been pretty good, but like you see it all, see guys on tour. It doesn't really matter what you're like as long as you own your swing and kind of know what you're doing. It could be the ugliest swing in the world. The, I mean, it just doesn't have to be good. But as long as you know what you're doing. Then you can make it work. So, as bad as it might look, then who cares? If you hit good shots, then that's all that matters. <laughs> oh, oh man! I told you it was going to be a really good podcast tonight. It's going to be um, a good one. Yeah, I mean, I... George Bryan made a really good funny when he said the toes thing. I about lost it. That was yeah. when I that was when I almost had to I was laughing pretty hard when he talked about you lifting was, your toes. That was pretty sneaky of you to send that before the the interview. I'm a creative guy, Pat. You know. Um, by the way, you mentioned that it was at Sage Valley. It was not at Sage Valley. That was when I was in the mountains for. Oh, it looked uh, like somebody's Sage wedding. I can't remember. Maybe, actually, it was my cousin's wedding. So, 
the mountains in the background would probably make you realize that on that video. Never that looked at it. It's Never not at Sage it. Valley. Um, <laughs> my bad. Regardless, it was my swing. It may not have been Sage Valley, but it was my swing. And uh, it's, it's it really worries me when I see that swing sometimes because like I feel like it's I have a decent swing. It's frightening. Like I really feel like I have a good natural swing. No, you. But don't. when you see that video, it's just it's not. Yeah, it's, on a level of like one to Hawaiian missile strike, like an actual one, you're like closer to the actual Hawaiian missile strike. Yeah, it's it's um. Hmm. Well, anyway, like I said, I have a great finish. Great finish. Oh yeah, awesome. Um, you got to check out the George Bryan podcast. It is available right now, so do, go download it. Check it out. Um, he was awesome to do that. He also sang "Happy Birthday" to himself at the end of that podcast. That's kind of funny. And he, and he gave some dirt on his brother, Wesley. So, there you go. Um, Pat, real quick, before we get into the course breakdown, we have got to talk about a listener getting to the Masters. Oh, oh I'm sorry, what? You were about to skip? You were, you were, about, you were getting mad because we're 30 minutes into the show and you're mad because we're not talking about DFS already? Oh, do you want to come to the Masters? Do you want to come to Augusta? Do you want to walk into the gates of Augusta from Washington Road and think that you're in the Garden of Eden and then pinch yourself and say, no, the Garden of Eden wouldn't have barbecue sandwiches for $2? Then you need to pay attention to what we're about to talk about because Fantasy Draft is going to send one of you to Augusta, all airfare included, all hotel included, food and drinks, and you're going to go attend the Masters with me and Pat. And, Pat, we did this last year, and it was phenomenal. But last year, we went on a Monday. This year, guess what? You're going on a tournament day. We don't know which one yet. Working on that. Um. Details to come. You're going to go on a tournament day. And if you're thinking, well, you guys are probably only going to do this for new, for new fantasy draft accounts, and I already got one because I signed up last year, and I didn't win. So what am I going to do? You're all about the whiny voice tonight. I kind of am. I never do it, but I'm doing it tonight. Well, guess what? Guess what? If you have a fantasy draft account or you don't and you get one, you get to be in the contest. So there you go. It's going to be a good time. Trust me. If you followed us last year, it's a good time. It's going to be a good time. So that contest is called the Road to Augusta. We will have all the details announced on next week's podcast. We thought we were going to have it this week. We're going to wait. We gave you a little more info. Airfare, hotel, food and drinks, Master's Day at a tournament day. A good good day to go. Not a practice round. Tournament day. With me and Pat, it's going to be a good time. Well, I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, a lot of the reason we had to hold it off for another week was because there was, there was a few details with uh, my contract on this whole event and how, you know, you know, I, I have a a certain way that you know that that I need to act this year, um, this last year. <laughs> yeah. So we've we've had there's been a lot of negotiation back and forth on on yeah. on uh, you know what Pat is going to do and and the part that I play in this in this. You're like uh, you're like Des Bryant when he came out of Oklahoma State with the Cowboys for that first year, and Jerry Jones literally hired a babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um yeah, we're working on that. We should have the <laughs> we should have contract negotiations finalized here pretty soon with fantasy draft. But yeah, next week we will be telling you all the details on how to make that happen. You do not want to miss that. It will be awesome. And if you come down here, like you're going to be friends with us. We're going to be friends. 
Like last year, Michael Riva. We're friends with Mike now, even though he's a Gator fan. We're friends with him. Um, in addition to that, real quick side note, we are going to try to run a Fantasy Draft Listener League, a high roller contest, like $111 entry on Fantasy Draft this week. If you want in, DM us, okay? High rollers need only apply. That's what we're doing up in here. Only going to be like 10 or 20 people in the thing. So you got a good chance of winning if you want to play. We're going to pay out the top five, 20, 20 spots, pay out top five, 111 bucks. high roller listener league contest, fantasy draft. Hit us up. You know what to do. You know. Hit us up. Okay. All right. I think we're good. Anything else, Pat? No. I mean, like, if you want to go in the whiny voice again, we're like 41 and a half minutes in. I might get in. into that. I might get we're into that. We're 41 and a half minutes in, and we haven't got to picks yet, but I bet we're about to get to them, so... People, all right, you know, um, let's, let's all the haters it. out there, we're coming. We're getting there. Yeah, and we got some good picks tonight, boy. Because we got some insight. Woo! All right, Pat, why don't you hit, why don't you hit it up? Why don't you hit us up with the course breakdown, our caddy inside info breakdown, whatever stats you're looking at, and then we need to talk about the format of this golf tournament because it's it's a little weird. It's like the yeah. only one I can think of that's like this. this no, year. and there so there's a lot of stuff here. So you're you're gonna have to fill in the gaps. Hey, hey, while you're doing this, Pat, while you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go refill my podcast juice. Oh man! So when I get done, can I go refill because this is taking? So all yes, right, you just go do that, and I'll okay. let you know when I'm refilling. Okay. Okay. Bye. All right. So we are at the 2018 Career Builder. Used to be the Bob Hope, which I like to call it the Bob Hope because you know what? How can you take Bob Hope off the name of a tournament? Anyway, we are at La Quinta, California, Palm Springs. This is a weird event because you know what? We have three courses, three courses this week. There's also a 54-hole cut, so not a 36-hole cut. They're going to cut it after Saturday. Um, Top 70 in ties will go on to Sunday on the stadium course, which is the first course that I will talk about. That is the PGA West TPC Stadium course. It is a peak die design course. Par 72, just over 7,100 yards. The next course they will play will be the PGA West Tournament Nicholas course, designed, obviously, by Jack Nicholas. Another par 72 at 7,159 yards. And the third course is La Quinta Country Club, another par 72, just over 7,000 yards. Now, all three courses, they're going to have four par fives, Four par threes, very traditional. Uh, you know, if they make the cut, though, they're going to play that stadium course on Sunday. Um, now, here's the thing: there's a lot of strategy involved with this. I think you do want to look at, you know, that stadium course. The, the course that they're going to p- play two days is sort of the the primary course. But for me, scoring is just going to be huge. That's going to be the biggest thing I'm going to be looking at this week. Um, you have got to score on this course. Par 5 scoring, birdie or better percentage. I, I'm just all about the scoring this week. Now, I do like strokes gain approach, and I like scrambling as two stats to look at. And, and here's the reason for both of those, because we did get some information from our caddy this week. You know, you're looking at is his top – three stats that he looked at were going to be strokes gain putting, strokes gain approach, and scrambling, or strokes gain around the green. Um, you know, you got Bermuda kind of overseeded. This course is going to look interesting because the fairways are going to look green as all get out, but then the rough is going to look 
like crap because of the, you know, it's the winter time out there, so the, the rough is going to be a little bit thick. So you do want to hit the fairways, but they're not exactly, you know, that difficult to hit. Um, you know, I think you can you can look at bombers, but we've seen all different types of players win here. I mean, 2017, you had Hudson Swafford at 20 under. You had Jason Duffner at 25 under and 16. Freaking... My God, Bill <laughs> Effin Haas in 2015. He also won in 2011. Yeah. Bill Haas killed me last week on the one and done. I really don't want to talk about him any, anymore. Patrick Reed in 2014, and then Brian Gay in 2013. All of these were over 20 under. You're going to have to score out here. That's that's just going to be the key. Um, what else? Yeah. Uh, do you want me? What to, am I missing? You want me to throw my two cents in while you go refill? Yeah, you go throw your two cents okay. in, and I'm going to get a refill. Um, all right, totally agree. You got to score here. That's numero uno. When everybody's guaranteed 54 holes, you may as well. So uh, that's that's number that is number one. First, yes, yes. Um, our our caddy of over 15 years experience on the PGA Tour did say that the um, the course does favor. A high ball flight, some guys who can carry it, some bombers off the tee can take advantage here, but you don't have to be. He does. He did say that the uh, the experience helps. You know the greens. You know how aggressive you got to be. And now I find this interesting. In the last couple of weeks, when we've asked him if uh, you know to to give us a weight on percentage between form, course history, and stats, like course fit, every week he's increased the form percentage. And this week, he basically said form is about 70% of it in his mind, and 15 and 15 the other two, which I thought was interesting. Um, not necessarily as heavy as I would go with form, but I, I do think that's interesting. Um, the par fives, I mean, that's just that's the biggest thing. There are nine par fives. If you play all four, if you play all four rounds, if you make the cut, you're going to play par fives between 500 and 550 yards nine times. And par fives from 550 to 590 seven times. Now, par fives between 500 and 550, nine of them. That's not that. that that's not that long. Like by PGA Tour standards, that is not that long. So that's where I do think the bombers can can take advantage. Yes, but a great wedge player and ball strikers can do it too. So uh, I definitely think in a in an event like this, we said it last week. Similar with the Sony, when you have super low scoring. It does bring just about anybody in the field. It really does. Um, but, you know, I, I do think we're going to see more Eagles this week than we did at the Sony, which is a big deal on, on most DFS scoring formats. So that's important. Um, yeah, so that, that's, about, that, that's, about, that's about it for me, I think, Pat. Are, are you, are, and that was actually another thing I did look at, too, was just – who was tops on tour last year and then within the, like the last 24 and 36 rounds on Eagles made because obviously there's a ton of points in scoring there. And uh, so I think it's worth taking a look at because they're going to be playing a ton of par fives. Now, by the way, last year was kind of an anomaly in, at La Quinta, California. You had a ton of rain. There was a lot of rain that hit before the tournament and then there was rain almost every day of the tournament. Not conditions, yeah. Conditions do not look to be that way this year. It looks to be mild, a little breezy, maybe. Um, temperatures in the 60s. That's that's what it is right now. So 
it it is if if that is true, it is still going to be a it's going to be a very low scoring week. Um, you know, maybe like that that Duffner Patrick Reed years where it was like twenty five to twenty eight under one. So check that out. That's important come Wednesday. It's it's really too early to talk about that right now, but. If you're doing first round leader bets on on my bookie, or um, if you're you know in the chat room come Wednesday night, or something like that, you need to pay attention to the weather and that and that whole draw. So, not by the way, just going on first round leader bets. If you're doing that too on my bookie, I would pay attention to the course they're playing. Oh yeah, they got to be either on. Well, they they need to be on La Quinta probably, right? Isn't that the that's the yeah, easiest one? I would say that's probably the easiest ones. I mean. You know, the tournament course, the Nicholas tournament course and the La Quinta course were second and third easiest on tour or in 2016. Um, is that right? Or 17? No, so, in 16 they were. Last year they were near there. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. La, Qu- make La Quinta, sure they're on the right I think, route. is where I would go. You know, if you're, use that advantage if you're, if you're taking a first-round leader bet. Yeah, first round leader, and, and and normally in the morning is better. But so if you do that on my bookie, you need to do that. You need to check that course anyway. Um, another thing that's going to be essential come Wednesday is is ownership levels um, for DFS sites. We talked about FanShare Sports last week. Man, like it delivered. So again, you know, we talk about some of the tools. You know, we get messages all the time about you know what's important. Um, what website do you guys use, blah, blah, blah. And we welcome that. Please, please email us. If you need to know that or you want to know where we get our info, email us, info at tourjunkies.com. DM us on Twitter. We'll be glad to handle that for you. But Fanshare Sports is definitely a part of that process, especially on Wednesday, um, because they are curating all of the DFS talk, all of the articles, all of the podcasts, all the YouTube videos, all that stuff that all these people that do PGA DFS are doing. They're curating that information. And, and keeping tabs on that so that, that that they can help you predict ownership. And they are the best source in DFS for predicting ownership. Uh, I mean, last last week, for example, one of my favorite parts, and I talked about it last week, is Logan, who works for them. His Taking the Pulse blog, um, he puts out, it just it does tremendous things for ownership. Last week, for example, he nailed a, a few guys. He had Jordan Spieth at 31%. He was 29. Justin Thomas at 15. He was 14. Charles Howell at 17, he was 18. Siwoo Kim uh, at 12, he was 9. Ali Schneiderjans at 7, he was 7. Um, Cam Smith at, at 8, he was 10. Webb Simpson, 11, he was 12. So, like, that's a big deal, too, in an event like this because, um, you know, with, the, with everybody getting guaranteed three rounds... There's going to be a lot of six of six lineups in there, and there's there's going to be a lot of. It's not going to be as critical. You're just going to need the guys who can score, and if you get the guys who can score at at you know single digit ownership, that's important. So, I mean, would you would you agree with that, Pat, or what what do you think about that? No, I, I definitely would agree. The, the 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 thing here's the thing I I thought you might mention on Fanshare because you're all about like gear and stuff and hats and things. You know, I mean, they're like. If you if you subscribe to Fanshare Pro, they're going to give you a free hat. It, they have limited avail, availability, but they may give you a free hat. So, uh, David, you we got to go sell our own hats, man. I mean, I love Fanshare, but we got to sell our own hats. At the well, moment. they're not trying to sell their you hat. Can, you can cut the grass in your Fanshare hat. Is what they're going to give you a free hat. 
Yeah, yeah. Just telling you, man. Well, I, know you like I think more important than the hat is their their discount through the end of January. So if you sign up for Fanshare through the end of January, it's seven dollars and twenty cents a month. That's it. It is extremely valuable um, if you're doing PGA DFS and you want to do GPPs. Uh, you have got to check out Fanshare on Wednesdays, especially. I, I love to look at them before lineup lock. So. You gotta look that up. It's they got Fanshare stuff. Pro. If you if you've if you've dabbled with Fanshare before, and you've left and you don't know whether to come back, you need to. The the Pro version is much improved, and there's a lot of new features even coming. So check that out. We'll be checking Fanshare for show come Wednesday night or Thursday morning even because we still got a late uh, over here on the East Coast. We got us a late lineup lock. All right, Pat. Let's get into some picks, man. Let's get into some picks. You ready? I'm ready. All right, to kick it off, you have John Rahm. Literally in a class of his own. He is the class of this field beyond a shadow of a doubt. It ain't even close. Like, it's not even close. But if we want to go five-digit guys, you also have Brian Harmon, Patrick Reed, Kevin Kisner, Phil Mickelson are your guys who round that up. So, um, you know, here's the deal. You got... Everybody's guaranteed 54 holes, like we've mentioned. You got to keep remembering that, right? There's going to be a ton of, to me, I don't know. I think it's a studs and duds week. I get that that's probably what everybody's going to do because they're going to say, oh, well, it's 54 holes. I'm guaranteed to get 50, you know, 54 holes. I might as well go studs and duds. Uh, every, that's probably going to be the chalkiest way to go rather than like more balance, but... Um, I don't care. I'm still going to do it. And John Rahm is my boy. I think John Rahm, being the class of this field, makes complete sense here. When you talk about the par fives I mentioned and the DraftKings scoring, FanDuel scoring, Fantasy Draft scoring, whatever, the dude is going to score on the par fives. Um, I I just think John Rahm's a no-brainer. I'm not touching Brian Harmon or Patrick Reed. I'm not even going to touch Kisner, even though we've liked him the last couple weeks. I'm just not going to, despite, you know, I mean, Reed having one here, he's, he's got good history here. Harmon is on fire. I'm not going to pay $300 less for Brian Harmon when I could get John Rahm. I'm not going to do that. No way. So, to me, John Rahm's a guy. I, I, I'm going to see what Fanshare has to say about Phil Mickelson come, come Wednesday night because... It is really hard for me to not roster Phil on a course where he's gained 28 strokes on the field in the last five years. I'm sorry, the event, because we're talking about three courses here. And, and Phil is a par five scorer. He, he has been for a long time. Um, and, 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 you know, I know we haven't seen much of him. We don't have form to go off of here. But, you know, I've talked about this, uh, this PGA this PGA research I did in the, in the off season. And I looked at the last five PGA tour seasons in some key stat categories. And I figured up how many times a player finished in the top 20 on the PGA tour in a given stat over the last five years. And I think what that speaks to is longevity. It speaks to longevity. It speaks to consistency and it speaks to the type of player that they are. It wasn't a fluky thing that, you know, hit for, for four or five weeks or the West Coast swing or whatever. It speaks to their longevity. There is one player in this field, one, who has finished top 20 on the PGA Tour in par five birdie or better percentage. 
the most, or, or I'm sorry, four times, which is the most. Nobody's done it five times. There is one player in this field who has done it four times in the last five years, and that is Phil Mickelson. It's just tough for me to quit him. It's tough for me to quit him in an event like this. So Rom is going to be my big, my big time guy. If Phil is flying under the radar and like in that twelve percent or less kind of projection, that's where I'm going. The other guys, you can take them. What do you think? Wow. So we're going to start off with some ex- just total agreement because nice. I had okay. the two guys that I had starred here as my two favorite were Rom at the top and then right at the bottom of the 10K was going to be Phil Mickelson. I mean, I just think that you know, for Rom, the reasons are obvious. I mean, the, the guy is, is definitely the class of this field. I think this is a course where, you know, he certainly can play well. Well, these are three courses that he certainly can play well on. Checks the box on strokes gained approach. You know, par five birdie or better percentage. You know, he was seventh on tour last year in the Eagles. So that was another thing we talked about. So I just think John Rahm's going to be hard for me to to avoid. And then that's going to provide you with that, that kind of studs and duds lineup, which I think is going to be – the lineup that most people play. Now, I will say this. There are a lot of guys in the 7 and 6K range that I like, so that makes it easier to play the studs and duds, uh, you know, strategy. But Mickelson's going to be my other guy. I mean, I think he's healthy. I think he's, um, you know, this this is, you know, he seems to be in the right mindset heading into this season. You know, checks the box on, on birdies, birdie or better percentage, DraftKings points, all of that stuff. You know, strokes gained approach. So for me, those are those are really going to be the top two guys that I go with. And I'm not even that concerned about Mickelson. Now, I, here's the thing. I you know, I know we haven't seen him. I am worried to see what his. I, I want to see what his ownership's going to be like. But I don't even know if that's going to play a factor in whether or not I play him because I, I think that. You know, in the when I look at all the stats, the DraftKings scoring, scrambling, strokes gain approach, par five scoring, birdie or better percentage, Mickelson basically comes up number two if you join all those together as far as percentages are concerned in in the model that I'm looking at. So I kind of like I think Mickelson's going to be a a key, you know, core play for me this week. Interesting, interesting. So some deep tour junkies affection for Phil Mickelson, which um, likely means we will be signing off of Twitter on Saturday when he's trunk slamming. So yes. there you go. Now, in the $9,000 range, we've got to move quickly here. In the $9,000 range, I am going to just go real heavy, real, real, real heavy on a guy who I'm going to refer back to that top 20 PGA stats in the last five seasons that I talked about there. Uh, there are only, let's see, tw- there are 19 players in the last five years who have had multiple seasons of finishing well in strokes gained around the green. Webb Simpson has done it twice. Okay, uh, He is also one of only 15 players to have done it twice in sand save percentage in the last five years. And believe it or not, even though he's known as a short knocker, there are 22 players who have finished in the top 20 on the PGA Tour multiple times in the last five seasons, and Webb Simpson is one of those 22 in par 5 birdie or better percentage. He's done it twice, and his putting is back after the anchor ban. He's figured out the new way of doing it. He's got the Kuchar-style putting grip. Our boy Paul Tesori, Webb's caddy, has talked about 
you know, them changing to that a year early, Webb strugg- struggling for a while, but he's stuck with it, and it's paying off. Webb is putting really well, and I think this is a perfect course for him. When you look at past winners here, Duffner, you know, Reed, um, Brian Gay is one here. Like, all of these guys, it, Webb Simpson kind of fits that profile. Webb's a great chipper, so around the greens he can chip well. The putter is back. I love Webb Simpson. To me, he is an absolute lock, and uh, and he's the only he's the only other guy in the nine K range. I really, really am going to have a lot of a lot of ownership on. I'm not mad about a lot of guys in here. Like the the, the Patton Kazire thing is tempting for me because the form is so 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 good. Uh, the ownership may be a little much for 9100, and considering that you would almost want him to top five or you know top ten, the likelihood is you know. Maybe, I don't know. So, Webb is my favorite guy in that range. That's all I'm going to say. So, moving on, what do you think? Wow. We're just going to, this is just a love fest tonight. Is it an agreement, again, an agreement factory tonight? I am with you with Webb. I mean, I think for me, he's is my, definitely my top play. And I don't really, there, this category to me is not, you know, if you're just talking 9K guys, there's not a whole lot that I really like here. Um, but Webb is a guy that stands out. You know, I think you can play Patton even though coming off of a win. There's a lot of people out there, there's this, this whole strategy of not playing a guy coming off of a win. Not really sure why that is because he's in great recent form. Him. He's a DraftKings scorer. Well, it's an ownership. Um, I, uh, hold on now. It, it may be just an ownership it. deal. It's an ownership play, and it's a likely price inflation issue. So, it, it, normally, it's an it's a it's an it's a it's a very extreme response in the market. You know, like his his, his price jumps up tremendously. His ownership after a six hole playoff goes up tremendously. That's yeah. the only reason why. No, but I get that. But he is in incredible form. I agree. And, and here's the thing, you know. Zach Johnson actually and Chesson Hadley pop a little bit on some of the stats, but they don't pop at all as far as their course history is concerned. I mean, Zach Johnson has missed three straight cuts here. Chesson has missed not three straight cuts, but if you're looking at the last five years of where he's played here, he's missed three cuts. So, I mean, I don't think, yeah, even yeah. though Chesson's been in great recent form, and both of those guys are probably going to, if you're looking at stats, they're gonna they're gonna check some boxes for you, but I just don't know if I can play them. With I don't with mind those plays at all. You're so freaking course history sensitive. That's why you're freaking out. But Hadley's a different player than he was last time he played no, here. He He's is. a totally he different is. player, and this course fits Zach Johnson. I don't know what it is that he, he doesn't do well, but it fits him, and he's in great form. I got no problems playing almost anybody in the nine K range. I'm just saying, my guy that I'm gonna hang my hat on, and I'm gonna have the most ownership of is Webb Simpson. Um. All right, let's get down to the 8K range. We got to move quick here. We got Brennan Steele down to Charles Howell the third. Pat, I'm gonna let you kick it off since I've I've started the last two ranges here. Well, right at the top, I'm with you. I, I think Brennan Steele is a great player. Holy I mean, moly, we're just reading 80, each other's mail. I I do not mind him at 8900. He grew up if you've if you've you know he's done some interviews before where he grew up playing this course. Um, he's gained 28 strokes on the field in the last five events he's played here. So he's obviously got great course history. You know, he finished T6 last year, T second or second place in 2015. So I think Brennan Steele for me is just an absolute stud of a play. Um, checks the box also for me on um, Eagles gained. Which is eagle just just making eagles out there. So he's he's another one of these guys that's going to score there. Um, 
a guy that I've kind of avoided a little bit, and, I, and I'm not really sure why, but I just think he's a little bit talked about just way too much as Austin Cook. But I do like him this week at 8,700. Checks the box for me on drafting scoring, birdies, birdie or better percentage, strokes gained around the green. Um, also, yeah, so I think Austin Cook is another great play this week. I hate Bill Haas at 8,600 because I'm going to hate him for the rest of my life. Um, He's going to win. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, not. I'm, I'm just kidding. I don't so like So bad. Him. I cannot believe He's I a horrible scorer. He's just a par guy. That's all he is. He but sucks. except for last week, he couldn't even make a par. <laughs> he sucks at that. Um, Charles Howell, though, I think is, is he. I mean, how do you avoid playing Charles yeah, Howell? I don't think West you can. I think you Especially play Charles at 8, Howell. Especially at $8,000. At $8,000, you play Charles Howell and you just shut up. And you know what else? You know who I think you can play in a. In a, in a GPP is Bubba Watson right there at eight thousand two. Dude, this is this is not. Obviously, we know he is a scorer when it comes to par <sighs> fives. The guy's long off the tee. I think he's coming off a year where he is was a disappointing year. He wants to come out this year and show that he is the golfer that he was. You know, uh, you know, the year before, and he's. We always. I mean, look, Bubba's a, is just a fantastic talent. He's not going to be down for too long. I'll play him at eight thousand all day long. That's true. He's he never really even is. Play, I haven't even seen him. I don't even know if he's played this tournament before, but I think he could light it up on this course. Sands, Sands, Volvic, golf ball, Bubba. I think we'll take a shot on. Um, you know, I, I agree with you there. This is, this is really nuts. And, and if you're a new listener, Pat and myself do not compare picks before a podcast. So we are literally you are hearing us react to our, each other's picks as we speak, but. I am nearly identical to you in Brennan Steele, Charles Howell, Bubba Watson are the three that I have really highlighted here. Um, the, the the only like pure fades for me are Bill Haas because he just doesn't score enough. I mean, he can make the cut all day long. He can finish top 20 all day long, but take a look at his DraftKings scoring. It's going to suck, so just don't mess with it. Um, but I... I I don't know about Austin Cook. I don't know if I like the price on Austin Cook is my problem. I, I do think this course does set up well for him. I'm not crazy about the price. But Brennan Steele I have marked uh, for the same reasons you mentioned. Charles Howell for the same reasons you mentioned. Incredible strokes gain totals um, at this event on these three courses. Brennan Steele, obviously a local guy. Great par five scorer, birdie or better guy anyway. He's a bomber. He can he can hit it out there. Charles Howell, another bomber, another good scorer. Loves the West Coast. All that makes a lot of sense. Um, but I do think you're right. I, I had Bubba highlighted. I think when you look at when you look at what it takes to play this golf course, uh, to take advantage of the par fives, you're going to get three rounds from Bubba. So even if he's all over the freaking golf course, he's going to have some birdies and eagles. He's just going to. In 54 holes, he is. So without the Volvic golf ball, I think that's going to help him in 2018. I think we're going to see a better season from him. And, and, and going back to my stat, three times – Three times in the last five years has Bubba Watson finished top 20 or better on the PGA Tour in par five scoring. And he's going to feast on these par fives this week, I think. So yeah, GPPs will. for sure, I like I like Bubba a lot. Uh, so that rounds out the 8K range. We do have a significant 7K range. And then I, you know, I got some duds that I, I want to give people because if you want to go that studs and duds approach and do like a ROM, you know, you want to get John Rahm in the lineup, I think you can make it happen. 
So let's let's talk 7K, Pat. Um, who you liking in the uh, in that maybe the upper range of the 7K? Yeah, because there's so many. You can you sort of really could break this up into you know upper 7K and lower 7K. That's, that's why seven... I just said who do you like in the upper 7K range, Pat? I just broke it up. See what I did there? Yeah, I do. Okay. I like that. All right, so I'll start with a guy that we were high on last week, which was JJ Spawn. It's seventy nine hundred. I think he's again a, a guy that again. Uh-huh. Um, I like him. He, you know, he checks the box on scoring for me. Has been, you know, JJ Spawn is just like he's like Patton Kazire light. Mm. Don't you think? Yeah, he's about a foot shorter, but <laughs> but you know, I mean, if you look at his recent no, form, JJ Spawn's not a good, not as good a putter as Patton Kazire. Patton no, Kazire was not. the best putter on the web.com in 2015. JJ Spawn well, anywhere close. And that's true, but if you look at his last five events, he's gained 30 strokes on the field. It's 47th last week. A flyer for us, but he was second at the RSM, 14th at the OHL, and then 10th at the Shriners. So, obviously in good, pretty good recent form. So, I do like some J.J. Spine. Also, David Lingmurth at 7,800. I mean, he's finished second here twice. Checks the box on DraftKings scoring, birdie or better percentage. Uh, that's just he's one of those guys that just I don't know I never like to take him but he 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 checks a box here I mean he fits this is this is a course for him so I do like David Lingmer another guy I will and and and, and this is going to be just totally well there's two guys totally predicated on putting it's going to be Lucas Glover and Luke List both Luke I'm sorry did you just say Lucas Glover predicated on putting yeah, because he never putts well. Okay, yeah. Okay. Oh, oh okay. I, I thought you were saying because they putt well, I'm taking them. Because no, no, Luke's no, 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 no. Lucas has never been said in all the no, world. No, he could so light up this course. He's gonna hit. He's gonna hit fairways, greens. He's gonna hit. He's gonna have eight foot putts all day long and can score on this course. But we'll have to see how he scores or how he putts. But I do like. I do like some uh, Lucas Glover this week. And who was the other guy I mentioned? What did I say? Luke List, I like him from a birdie or better percentage. Also, on uh, par five scoring, the guy just lights it up. Um, he is number five in this field on DraftKings scoring in the last 36 rounds. Number one in birdies. Number two in birdie or better percentage. I'm glad you brought. I'm glad you brought him up. Okay, so you just mentioned more some some recent performance from Luke List. If you go back and look at my last five seasons number I've referenced already, he is number he he in the last five years he's finished top twenty in driving distance three out of the last five. He's finished top twenty in Eagles per round in two out of the last five seasons. And you're right. Par 5 scoring, birdie or better, two out of the last five seasons. I think List, this is an interesting play because he has been a DFS favorite. He's missed his last two cuts. If his yeah, ownership, I know that. If his I know ownership that. creeps down, I, I do like Luke List. I, in other words, I'm in agreement with you here. I, I like the List play. I like jumping on him after burning a couple people in the last couple weeks. You get him for three rounds guaranteed. He's going to play a lot of par 5s. I think that's an interesting play for sure. Um, 
I'm not I'm not too heavy on a lot of your other picks. This may be where some of our disagreement comes in. I tried to whittle it down as best I could in the seven K. I do well, think Well, here's the thing too, there's so many in there this are range. A ton in there's this no range. way we You're would right. be if we were in all agreement in this range and something You're weird's right. happening with the universe. <laughs> I do like um, I do like Hudson Swafford, defending champ here at the Career Builder. Not a great week at the Sony Open, but uh, three rounds in the 60s. He's making birdies. He had 18 birdies and two eagles last week. So uh, I like the Swafficer a little bit. I think the value is there at 7,800. I like Grayson Murray for the same reasons I like Lou List because he's basically the same player except he just likes high school girls. So uh, at $7,500, I think Grayson Murray with the par 5 capability, the driving distance, the scoring, um, I love him for that. And and I got a few. I got some sneaky plays, okay? I got some sneaky plays in the lower 7K range. Well, Okay, before I get to those, though, let's let's hear yours. Let's see if – uh, I'm gonna let you start off with the sneaky plays, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna give you uh, a few sneaky plays of my own. Well, I don't know if these are sneaky. I will say this: Brant Snedeker is interesting to me at 7,700. It's just I, such I a low price. That's why. It's like, so you're just low. Jeez. Like, yeah. No, yeah. I get that. I get that. So I, I don't know. I, like he's he's very tempting to play. You know, I don't really have a ton of guys below 7,500 that are that are my favorites. Now, I do really? like my here. Here's my favorite actually. Is at 7,100 is Brandon Hagee. You know, if you look at scoring, DraftKings scoring, he checks a box. California guy. Birdie or better percentage. Par five scoring, he's one of the tops in the field when it comes to par five scoring and eagles. So Brandon Hagee at 7,100, I think, is a, a tremendous value and score. On DraftKings and whatever else that you you know, fantasy draft, FanDuel, I love I love some Hagee this week. Um, you know who really just I hate that he stood out for me it was Ryan Armour at seventy four hundred. Yeah, yeah. Same thing, and the reason mm-hmm. is is because of recent form. I mean, if you look at just the last thirty six events or thirty six rounds, he's going to check the box on DraftKings scoring and birdie or better percentage. The guy's just been playing great. I mean, I know he's been on, you know, I don't know, he's like an old guy, I guess. But I, I do like some Ryan Arm, Armour. And then Martin Laird, he's got good course history, DraftKings scoring and scrambling at 7,400. That's that's probably, those are the, the sort of the three guys that, that I'm going to go here in that, in that lower 7K range. Okay, all those guys are going to be higher owned than my guys. I got some sneaky plays, and I really really freaking like them so can i guess your first get one? your pen out and and start taking notes yeah guess my first one i bet you can't guess it i'm gonna go ryan blum you guessed it <laughs> <laughs> yes oh because i you saw it in a text you cheater i texted i that. cheated i you, cheated oh, anyway um um, yes, I do. I do like Ryan Blom. Finished tied for 25th here in 2017, which is his first event. Okay. In birdie or better percentage at the Sony last week, he was tied for 22nd in birdie or better percentage. Okay. So he's scoring a little bit. 7,300 bucks on DraftKings. Good value there. And, um, he was top five in strokes gained around the green at the Sony. So he's chipping. He's scoring, and his first time out, top 25. You know? I mean, uh, 
little Ryan Blom. I like it. This is a sneaky play, don't you think? Yeah, I like it. I, I'm, okay. I'm not. I'm not hating you. All right, next that. next sneaky play. We gotta move quick. Next sneaky play. Uh, <clears throat> this guy in the last five seasons on the PGA Tour has finished top twenty twice in strokes gained approach. Okay, strokes gained approach, which I think is going to be key. Which our caddy insight told us that that would be uh, that would be important. He's finished thir- three times out of five in driving distance, which I also think is going to be important because you got to got to bomb the ball if you want to make it on the par fives, right? Um, three times in the last five years, an overall birdie or better percentage. Three times in the last five years, which is good for best on tour in the last five years. In par three birdie or better percentage. You know who it is? No idea. That's $7,200. It is Robert Garrigus. He's, Ooh. A, he's also gained 11 strokes total in the last five years at the Career Builder. All right, three more quickies. No, two more. I'm just going to give you two more quickies. Um, this guy finished tied for 31st in birdie or better percentage at the Sony. In other words, what's my boy doing? He's scoring. In the last five seasons, he's finished top in par five birdie or better percentage twice. Par four birdie or better percentage? Yeah. Par what did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> Podcast juice. Okay. Jeez. Okay. Actually, in par three, par four, and par five, birdie or better percentage in the last five seasons, this player has finished top 20 or better two out of the last five seasons. Okay? Okay? And mm-hmm. was making birdies last week at the Sony. He has gained 39 strokes on the field at this event in the last five years, and it's Ryan Palmer at 7100 bucks. He is he could be this could be a good little comeback year for Palmer. And and at seventy one hundred, I'd rather take the chance now. The next guy I like is right below him, John Peterson, our boy J Pete. He's on a medical exemption, which means he's got eight events, one down, seven to go. If he doesn't make the money in the next seven events, he's he doesn't have his tour card anymore. He's relying on sponsors, exemptions, web.com, all that stuff. He was top 10 in birdie or better percentage at the Sony, and he was in the final group, or at least close to it, going into the third round, and the whole missile strike happened. He's got his newborn baby out there. Good Lord, like the guy was, was flustered. But this course can, can suit John Peterson. He's one of the best in strokes gained approach. Um, in fact, he was third last week at the Sony in strokes gained approach. He doesn't get in a lot of trouble. I love Jay Pete at 7,100. So... Uh, and then, and then the last, I'm gonna give you one more in the seven K. I think Tom Hoagie. I mean, a, a, again, I, I called him last week. He did well. He did finish what third or fourth or whatever at the, at the Sony. So people are gonna be up on him a little bit. But I do like him uh, at seven thousand. He's also eighty to one on my bookie to uh, to win. And I think eighty to one is a little Ooh. a little long, a little long on Hoagie. All right. Um, anybody else in the six K? Let's anybody in the six K that we can button this thing up with. You want to do real quick? I have three guys actually that I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about in the six K range. And you're probably gonna just think I'm crazy for all three, but I, they, they just all kind of check some boxes and pop for me. These are names that these are not like huge names, but one at sixty seven hundred, Ben Silverman. Ugh. Gag. Checks the box on DraftKings scoring. What is the deal with Ben Silverman? I don't know. Birdie or better percentage, putting. 
I think he's a great play this week. Seamus Power at 6,700. Putting, birdie or better percentage, also DraftKings scoring. And then the craziest of picks that I have. This is this ben is Silverman's be, pretty freaking crazy. No, me. this is even crazier. Brandon Harkins at sixty seven hundred. Ooh, see, actually, okay, okay. Checks okay. the box on his recent form is is pretty damn good. I mean, you look at Brandon Harkins. He finished. Let me let me let me find this because I I, I think this is worth talking about here because Brandon Harkins has been incredible. Like you look at his last. Four events. T25th at Sony. Top 50 at the RSM. Top 25 at the OHL. Top 20 at the Shriners. We're talking about a guy at 6,700 on DraftKings. He's gained 15 strokes on the field in his last four events. I love him this week. He checks the box on almost everything for me. Putting, DraftKings scoring, Eagles, and birdie or better percentage. So, there you go. He was also fourth in strokes game putting at the Sony. Web.com guy. I don't mind that pick at all. I think that's actually better than the one before that, the one that you said. Um, <clears throat> for me, real quick, I think Harold Varner's in play, but I think he's the most, he's one of the more chalky plays in the 6K range. If you want to go a little less chalky, a guy that was tied for 34th here in 2017 and has local ties to the area, uh, Aaron Wise, who we both talked about uh, in kind of a season preview edition i i think he could he could have a nice bounce back week here um taylor gooch i don't know how you ignore taylor gooch what form he flashed last week i mean he played really well he was top 10 in birdie or better percentage at the sony um i I just think taylor's a good play and uh i'm gonna go even cheaper than taylor and go down to uh let's see 6500 bucks he was 34th in the field in birdie or better percentage last week at the Sony, and that's Jonathan Bird. Minimum price, Jonathan Bird. He's a wily veteran. I could see Bird flashing here. So if you want to take some shots in GPPs, I think Bird, Gooch, I, I don't mind your Harkins play whatsoever or your power play, um, Aaron Wise. I think those are the shots that you take for GPPs that are going to have low ownership um, for sure. So, that buttons up the career builder. Pat, we have to do our one and done now. And so oh, so far, I am two for two in cuts made in one and done. I had, You're doing uh, a lot better than I am. Yeah, I had Kisner last week, who, although Sunday at the very end, kind of freaking just sucked and took some money off the table. But uh, it is what it is. Um, this week for one and done, do you know what you're going to do? Are you debating? Uh, I think I know what I'm going to do. I believe that I'm going to go Brendan Steele. Oof, I did not see that coming. All right, I'm going Webb Simpson. Okay. Webb and Steele, that's our one and dones. Boom. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for downloading. It's been a great show. Don't forget, do not forget the Road to Augusta Fantasy Draft Contest details coming out next week we also have the listener league if you want to hop in that oh and if you want to leave us an itunes review you can still do that and we're going to give one lucky winner 250 dollars worth of credit in the augusta national pro shop pat and i will be your personal shoppers if you're not there we'll get your size we'll get your wish list and we'll 
buy you up to $250 worth of master swag just for leaving us an iTunes review. So check that out. We appreciate it. Thanks again. May your screens be green. See ya! Out! What if a nursing college cared for its students the same way nurses cared for their patients? What if the focus was on keeping students in, not weeding them out? What would happen? Something extraordinary. Join us, and together we can make a difference. Chamberlain University College of Nursing. Extraordinary care, extraordinary nurses. Attend an open house at Chamberlain's Jacksonville campus February 6th, anytime between 3.30 and 5.30 p.m. Register now at chamberlain.edu. What if a nursing college cared for its students the same way nurses cared for their patients? What if the focus was on keeping students in, not weeding them out? What would happen? Something extraordinary. Join us, and together we can make a difference. Chamberlain University College of Nursing. Extraordinary care, extraordinary nurses. Attend an open house at Chamberlain's Jacksonville campus February 6th, anytime between 3.30 and 5.30 p.m. Register now at chamberlain.edu. Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands to get the job done. Lowe's is here to help with more of those brands in stock like DeWalt and Little Giant. We stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. Now save $60 on a two-pack of DeWalt 20-volt max batteries, now just $99. Plus, we now offer the Little Giant King Combo Ladder, the world's first step, extension, and leaning ladder, giving you the flexibility to do just about any job for only $159. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616, U.S. only. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.